Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash I do. I do podcast episode 29. Welcome to IDoPodcast.com, where fun and inspiring relationship experts, therapists, and couples share tips and advice that will help lead you to a fulfilling and happy relationship. Let their guidance illuminate your path to happiness. Are you ready to create lasting love? And now, your hosts, Chase and Sarah. Do you have a topic that you'd like to hear more about or a relationship question you'd like answered? 
email us at info at idopodcast.com and we'll be sure to add it to one of our upcoming episodes. We're very excited to introduce our guest today, Gal Sakelli. Hey, Gal, how's it going? Good morning. I'm doing really well. Nice to be here with you guys. Well, great. Well, thanks for taking the time to, to speak with us today. We're really excited. Me too. Gal Sakelli is the founder of the Couple Center, a rapidly growing hub for relationship counseling and education. Gal has a maintained a lifelong dedication to learning and growth and is trained in a range of effective couples counseling methods. He is an instructor in the Hakomi Experiential Therapy Method and is part of the Hakomi California teaching staff. His work draws on years of meditation practice and a deep understanding of the mind-body connection. Gall also holds a master's in social psychology from Tel Aviv University in Israel. We've given our listeners just a little overview, so take a minute, tell us about yourself and why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships. Yes, thank you for that. I'm happy to do that. My work is really dedicated to helping couples create a love that lasts, so creating a thriving relationships. Um, I came to do this work you know, throughout my, my, my personal interest in, in growth and in, in, in relationships, and especially through the influence, I think, of my my relationship with my wife, you know, we've been together for 11 years and like many couples, we went through up and downs and difficult and good times. And this process has taught me so much that I really decided to dedicate my, my work to helping couples. And this is a lot of what I do through talks and workshops and through seeing uh, couples one-on-one on, on counseling. Um, this is, um, yeah, this is the things that I focus on. Excellent. Well, thank you for that. And we're going to be able to help a lot of our listeners today with our topic of communication. Uh, this is something that pretty much no matter who we're talking to comes up as one of the main things that can help improve a relationship. So I know there's going to be a lot of valuable information here. And I want to get us started with a couple that is having problems and they come to the conclusion that or the excuse that we just cannot communicate. What would you say to a couple like this? Well, first of all, I would say that this is very normal. I think when people start uh, their relationship together, things are going really well, and they're, they're relatively easy. And so when, when uh, more conflict and arguments show up down the road and there's more disagreements, they, they're surprised. And they start to think that this is a really big problem and that they're only unique to that, that maybe they made a mistake by you know, choosing the, the, a person they cannot communicate with. And the, the answer is that actually it's very normal. Like down the road, things change in the relationship and, and people change. And it's normal to get into communication problems. There are actually a lot of time about the differences between two people. You know, every two people have differences. And so, you know, there are different styles, a different way, although the things they want or their value creates communication problems. So it's normal to have that, but you have to learn how to, how to make it better. If you just leave it by itself, things just don't, you know, don't just improve. You have to learn the right skills in order to make this better for you and, and for your partner. And in one of the articles you wrote that we found very fascinating, you you gave an example of a couple, a scenario that a typical couple would go through. I think their names were John and Sue. Do you mind giving that example to our listeners and see if they can relate to that? Yeah, sure, of course. Um, yeah, what John and Sue went, you know, went through is, is very common to a lot of couples. 
is like they would start to talk about something and then you know things could will get a little heated and for John that that wouldn't be that that won't work so well so what he usually do like he would just kind of like um try to stop the conversation not want to continue with it or sometimes even just you know storm out of the room and just say like I just can't do it and for Sue, that was a kind of really very, very much a red flag. She didn't realize what's going on for him. And instead, she felt like she's really, like, like he's not interested in talking, that she felt rejected. She feels like, you know, I can't really talk to him. How can we resolve things if he just doesn't want to talk about them? So she would actually get more upset, and she would try to pursue him, or she would try to kind of talk to him and or get very angry with him for, for leaving the room or not wanting to talk at that moment. And then what happened is on the other side for John, that would just feel even more pressure. So the more she would she would try to kind of pursue him, the more she would try to, to tell him, like, no, we have to talk about it. We have to resolve it. You can't just walk away from me. The more he would feel like, actually, this is too much intense for him, and he would actually try to kind of avoid that even more. So they would get caught in this pattern in which, like, they're both trying to do their best, but they're actually doing something that makes the other person feels worse. Yeah, and you have to communicate about your style of communication and you talk about the two styles in in this particular instance of a of a hot and cold and can you talk a little bit more about that yeah sure i mean well first i think it's important to understand and when when people say that they have problems in the communication there's usually some underlying pattern that actually uh creates most of the troubles between them you know, and a lot of the time they're not aware of that. Like they think that they're fighting or they're arguing about the specific issue. Like, you know, I called you last night and you weren't available and you didn't call me back for a few hours. And like, where were you? I, I kind of needed you. You know, or, you know, we, we agreed on, on, you know, some kind of house chores and you don't, you're not doing it. So it seems like we're talking about those things and this is where we have to communicate. But it's actually usually where there's an underlying pattern that causes all the, the problems. And if you recognize for each couple, if you recognize your own your underlying pattern, and you know how to how to resolve that, then most of communication actually becomes easy, you know, between this between the couple. And then in coming back to Joan and Sue, you know, if you look at the, it, what they're trying to say, and they're they're getting stuck in this in this pattern in which when they're argue, uh, Sue really wanted to resolve things quickly. You know, she that's what I called in the article. I call it the hot style. Is like, you know, someone who wants to kind of get engaged, do things immediately, and resolve them. It's hard for them to hold um, um, conflict or arguments for, for a long time, like to, to not feel good with each other. So they really want to resolve it immediately. Like some people say, like, I don't want to go to bed angry, for example. They're like, you know, I want to resolve this now. And for John, is, is what I call the cold communication style. Is for him, it actually could feel too intense. It would feel too overwhelming. It actually feels like, you know, when we're starting to argue, if we're yelling at each other or we're just like really, really upset, I want to first cool down. I want time to think about things. I want time to process them. I want to understand what's going on. And when we're calm, it's much easier for him to talk. You know, so he's actually preferring for him is like if you if you actually let go of things for a while, let's say for a few hours or just talk about them the next day will actually be a lot more productive because he's able to kind of think like, okay, what is it I really want? What is it I really need? Like, what am I thinking about this? And he is able to come back in a more calm way and do that. And so they both have a good point. They're both trying to do something, you know, something right. 
but they have different styles, and so they're trying to kind of in some way force the other person to do their own style, um, and, and that doesn't work very well. Is there a certain reason that certain people have their specific style? Yeah, I mean, you know, anything that comes back to kind of like our psychological makeup and our emotional, you know, there's usually like, you can look at it in one of both ways. You know, we call it nature and nurture. Like some of the style is like, I think, things that you're just born with. Like they're like in kind of like more your genetic predisposition, you know. But then a lot of the things are actually very much affected by your family upbringing, by your past, you know, things that you learn because actually... You know, we learn a lot about what it is to be in relationship through through being in our family. You know, when we grow up and we watch our parents, you know, how do they interact with each other? You know, if you think about, you know, for the two of you also, if you think about the family you grew up in, it's like how did your parents, you know, argue? You know, did they talk about things? You know, was it heated or not heated? You know, did they did they resolve things or was it actually staying kind of like underneath the surface and never never get resolved? Like, what's what, what did you what your family I uh, deal with? Are, um, sorry, with anger, for example, how much affection was was there? Like, how much touching, uh, kissing, you know, saying I love you. So all of those things are actually affecting us from really early on. And when we come into a relationship with our partner, we're actually bringing those unconscious templates. And usually we don't know that this is just a template, but we, we just think that this is how everybody behaves. But it's not. It's just like what we learned. So it would be common if Chase's mom or my mom liked to have that hot style and deal with conversations right away and they wanted to, to get it over with and out on the table, then most likely you may grow up to, to kind of do the same thing. Exactly. And when it comes to John and Sue, that's exactly what happened. You know, I explained that in the article that we, we explore some of the history and we saw that in Sue's family, you know, they used to kind of sit down and talk about things. They never went to bed angry. They're like, they, they, the message was like, if we're, you know, if we love each other, we always come back together and we sit down and we hash it out until it's done. You know, and we, we never let it go until it's done because we love each other. So she learned that message of like, you know, if you're in a good relationship, what you need to do is you have to talk about things and you have to resolve them immediately. You don't let them linger. And John's family, actually, they weren't so comfortable in talking about things. You know, for them, they're like, you know, if you just let things go, you know, if instead of just, you know, um, staying stuck with them, you just realize, okay, I like this person, I love this person, so I just, I'm going to let it go, I'm going to move on. And we're not going to get stuck there. So that was their way of kind of moving on and, and resolving things or, or just, you know, keeping things from getting too heated. So they both just learned that styles from their families and, and those styles are different. Yeah, and that's got to be so hard because one is almost the complete opposite of the other. And then you're, it's like a pushing and pulling against each other. So that's why it's so key to understand your partner's communication style so that you guys can better solve your issues. Yes, exactly. You know, I mean, I think it's understanding that your partner is not doing anything against you. They're just doing the best thing that they learned, you know, from their history of how to do things, you know, so that, you know, because sometimes those things can feel very personal, you know, when John, you know, leaves the room, you know, Sue feels like he doesn't really like me, you know, he doesn't want to talk to me, you know, but he's not doing it to her. He's doing it because that's the best way he learned how to handle those things, you know, and vice versa between them. 
So the more you understand your partner, the more, I think, empathy and the more space you have for their style and the difference between them. And there's actually one more important thing that most, most couples don't understand is that we actually choose each other for those differences. You know, mm-hmm. one of the things that really attract us about our partner and the reason why we got together is because there's some things that they're different than us and we actually like that. We, we actually feel attracted. We actually feel like, oh, that could add another different dimension to my life. You know, but then also those differences could sometimes be difficult for us because we're used to doing things in a certain way and then suddenly our partner does them in a different way and and then we don't always kind of learn how to be flexible enough around them. That's just fascinating, you know, like the same thing that brings a lot of people together is the, the thing that can create the most conflict. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, if we look at, you know, this example of John and Sue, I mean, when John and Sue got together, I mean, I think John really liked Sue's kind of like more spontaneity, more fire, more emotionality, you know, and, and Sue likes John kind of more uh, being a little more uh, stable, more calm, more rational, you know, and, and those things kind of really attracted them to each other because they felt like, wow, that could really balance me, that could really teach me something. But when it comes to a hidden moment, you know, between them, then those things can also become a source of argument. You know, like if Sue is kind of more emotional and want to resolve things immediately, and for John, he's like a little more, you know, uh, he needs to be a little more calm. You know, it's hard for him to be in that intensity. And so then they get into this pattern that I was talking about. So now we got John and Sue fighting, and they're having some communication issues. Let's talk about how they can solve them and come to an agreement. Right. Well, it's really about understanding each other's style, and it's about learning how to take one step towards the other person. A lot of time I tell the couples that that they kind of fall on a spectrum, you know, and whatever spectrum is for them. You know, for in this in this uh, example, John and Sue fall on a spectrum between a hold and a hot and a cold communication style, right? And if you un- understand and respect the other person's style, and you just learn to do one step towards them. You won't change, like you won't be like them, but you learn to be just one step towards them that actually makes a lot life a lot easier, you know, and communication a lot easier. So when you talk about this example of John and Sue, you know, John needs to learn that Sue needs that resolution, you know, much quicker than him. So he needs to learn like that, you know, to be a little more in the intensity of the heat and trying to resolve things faster. Or if he needs to, if it's too much for him and he needs to extract himself to be able to come back to, 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 to tell Sue, listen, you know, right now this is too much for me. I really want to talk about that. I need a little bit of a break. Is it okay if we come back in a few hours and then we talk about it? Which acknowledged to her that he is not just leaving. Acknowledged to her, like, I get what you're going through. I get what you need. You know, I'm doing the best I can, and I'll come back, and I'll, I'll do, you know, I'll kind of try to do things, you know, in a way that works for you. And for Sue, that means, like, can I give him a little more space? Can, can I understand that, uh, can she understand that sometimes he needs this time to process? That it doesn't mean that he's not wanting to talk or not wanting to resolve things. He's just, like, he's doing it in a different way. So can she give him more space and more uh, opportunity to do that rather than pursue it too quickly. It sounds like it's about compromise and we talk about creating a win-win situation. So y- you may not like it, but it's you're going to have to, like you said, take a step forward and find that middle ground. 
Right, exactly. I just want to clarify a small point that you said. I, I see it as a win-win rather than a compromise. For me, those are different. You know, when you're doing compromise, a lot of time people think about, um, you know, I'm doing something for you, you're doing something for me. We're both not so happy with it, but that's the best solution we can find. So we're kind of like, we're okay, but we're not really happy with the situation. A win-win, in my, my definition, in my dictionary, is when you both realize that you're really taking the other person's perspective, you're really understanding them, so you're finding something that you both can feel good about. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So, so for our listeners, we want to be going towards a win-win and less of a compromise in, in, in the definitions that you just gave when we're having an argument. Yeah, exactly. And win-win comes from really trying to understand the other person and what's important for them, how they operate, how they function. Like what, yeah, what, what is it they really want and how can I give that while also, you know, receiving what I need? So it's kind of, it's like a higher, it's a higher standard for the relationship than just a compromise. The last point I want to talk about is for a solution to a communication problem is learning to use a more structured conversation. You talk about that a little bit. Um, can you tell us what a structured conversation might look like? Yeah, sure. So so part of the problem when people communicate, especially when they're heated, you know, especially when something is kind of a more emotional for both of them, is they make some, you know, they make quite a few communication mistakes that makes the conversation more difficult. Okay, and and using kind of more of a structured conversation sometimes can avoid those those uh, pitfalls and could help couple um, communicate better. And I'm going to give it kind of very briefly. It's it's more it's possible to read it more on my on on our website, but. Um, one of the things you can do is you can divide the conversation because what happens is that when couples try to talk about something, they usually try to both argue their point at the same time, and so no one actually feels really that they're heard, that, they, that the other person really listened to them or really understand what they mean. You know, because usually the other person is saying something, and we already have a kind of a counter reaction in our mind, and so we don't really listen to each other very well. And so using a structured conversation, you try to divide the roles a little bit more. You say, okay, you know what, right now, you know, I just want to listen to what you have to say. So I'm not going to respond. You know, I'm not going to say my, my piece. I'm just going to try to understand you. So tell me more about why you're thinking this way or what's important for you about this. Or what do you want from me? Or how do you, how do you see the situation? So I'm trying to really understand you before I get back to arguing my point. You know, so we kind of take more of a structured role. So you're kind of more the speaker first and I'm the listener first. And only when you're done, only when you're feeling like, okay, I really got what you're saying, like I really understand you, then we switch and then I, I, I become the speaker and you become the listener. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's such valuable information for our listeners that they take turns, one person speaks so the other person can understand. And and that will, I think, really help with their communication, definitely. And I think that's, it's, we can definitely relate to that. Yeah. What do you find is the most common reason couples struggle in their relationship? Well, the, the the most common reason that people complain about is actually to say exactly the topic of our conversation today, which is communication. So I, I would say probably like 80% of the couples that I see in counseling, you know, say that the, the main problem that they're struggling is that they have communication issues. 
And what they mean by that, I think, is that they're trying to talk about things, but they don't really feel heard or understood by the other person, and they, they kind of stay stuck in, a, in an argument. But, you know, if you're kind of like, if, in, if we're talking about this today, we understand that those communication, you know, are actually a reflection of some underlying difference in style or different in personality that they have to learn to hash out and they have to learn to understand. So underneath those, you know, communication you know, problems, there are actually uh, different styles and, and, and different kind of like emotional triggers that once you identify those patterns, you're able to resolve the communication, the communication issues. Now we are going into the his and her round where Sarah and I each ask a question that's on our minds. Sarah's up first. Well, my question relates to earlier in the conversation, you mentioned a chore list and that can be a way of having communication issues with your partner. What's a good way to address alternating chores in the house without sounding like you're nagging or what's the best way to to say, hey, can you help out a little bit? Yeah, I mean, there's two ways for me to answer that. I think one is is just talking about the communication. Like, you know, what's the best way to do it, you know, in, in terms of, like, how do you communicate? And let's start with that. Um, so, you know, a lot of the time um, when we want our partner to do something and they don't do it, we get a little bit upset. And so um, we try to encourage them by actually using criticism. So we tell them, you know, hey, you know, you forgot to do the dishes yesterday or, you know, you promised that you'll kind of take the garbage out and you didn't do it. Okay. And while that's understandable and, of course, very, very normal, you know, what the partner hears is like you're doing something wrong. You know, you're not okay. You know, Mm -hmm. well, actually, in fact, if, if we want to encourage people, if we want to motivate them, it's much better to give them positive, you know, appreciation or positive reinforcement rather than negative one. So, you know, the more you can communicate in a way that says like, hey, you know, you know, you did, you know, you made dinner last night and that was so great. I really appreciated that. You know, I really, I really like it when you do that. Then the partner actually gets a lot more motivated to do those things rather than when you tell them, you know, when you choose the one or two times that don't do it and say, hey, you forgot to do this. Right. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the other the other piece of that, the second way to answer that, I think, is, you know, again, is looking at, like, if you're trying to talk about chores, if you're trying to talk about actually anything, money, you know, family, you know, all that stuff, and you get stuck in an argument, you know, and, and it doesn't, it takes more than a few minutes to resolve that, then I would start asking myself, like, what is it in, inside of me that kind of got caught right now? What am I feeling emotionally? Maybe there's a kind of a different issue or a deeper issue that's happening for me. Like, for example, I don't feel like my partner is really by my side. I can really rely on them. I can count on them. Or I don't feel like they see my needs or, 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 or what's going on for me or where I am right now in my life and what I need. You know, so then, you know, or, you know, the conversation about chores become, you know, just a symbol for something else. And so I want to discover that and I want to talk about that something else. Excellent. Thank you for that valuable information. My question is, we haven't really talked about it. We've talked a lot about verbal communication, but uh, we know that uh, so much of communication is also nonverbal. And if someone in a, if a relationship is having communication issues, but it centers more around the nonverbal communication, maybe the person is stomping around and 
and their tone is is very negative. What is what are some key points that they can work on to improve nonverbal communication? Thank you. I mean, I'm actually so happy you asked that question because uh, in my experience and why I work with couples, I pay a lot of attention to nonverbal communication. It's actually research is showing, you know, that um, the nonverbal communication is more powerful, not, not, not even less as, as powerful, but more powerful than the verbal communication. So what that means is that, you know, if I talk to you, you know, and we're in a moment and I tell you I love you, you know, the tone of my voice is actually going to be more important, you know, than the words because I can tell you I love you, you know, from an angry tone of voice, and the, the message that you'll get is like I'm angry at you, mm-hmm. I don't like you, right. or I can say it in a very loving, affectionate voice, and then you hear that, you know, even a criticism will hear like you know I care about you. So nonverbal communication is actually super important. Is the is the thing that most couples a lot of time miss is like they think. You know, you're saying something and your partner gets upset and you're like, what? You know, you say, to them, what? You know, I didn't say anything. I just, you know, I just said this. And they're like, no, you didn't say that, you know. Right. And and the reason of that difference is because something in your nonverbal communication was telling them something different. And and a lot of the time, we, we, we are very attuned to our partner, actually, nonverbal communication. So you do something and I respond you know, and some, and I'm, I'm noticing that something happening. I'm, but the thing is that I'm not always uh, interpreting it in the right way. But I'm noticing something's happening. I'm noticing something on your face. I'm noticing something in your mood or your tone of voice, etc. And so, what my my suggestion would be is to first to pay attention to that. First to be aware of like, you know, where did I feel this? Like when you did something, you know, is it in in what you said or is it in something else? Like in your nonverbal communication, that I was getting a different message. And if it is, to check that with your partner, because usually we just take that for granted and we say, oh, no, you're just angry at me, you know. And I, it's true that I probably noticed something in your tone of voice, but, I, you, but the interpretation might be wrong. Like it might be that you're upset about something that happens at work and you're just more edgy right now. But I take it personally. Yeah. So I'm noticing something right. I'm noticing that you're angry, but I'm not always understanding that right. So if I can check with you and say, hey, you know, something in your tone of voice, it felt to me like you're angry. Are you angry at me? then I clear, you know, that mistake. That's great. That's really valuable information there for our listeners. And I think also that it it really makes the other person, they really should be a little bit more mindful of, of how they're responding to, because a lot of times they don't, they don't mean to have a tone, but it just comes out because of their, their emotions internally. And if they're a little more mindful of, of how they answer a question or respond, it can kind of resolve having that conflict uh, from the beginning. Right. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, actually, when I work with couples, and especially couples before getting married like you guys, I emphasize four different areas of, of successful relationship, and one of them is awareness, is personal awareness. I think a lot of the time, the more we can develop that skill of, like, what's really happening for me right now? What am I really thinking? What am I really feeling? What's going on in my body? The more I know those things, the more I can communicate better, and then the more, you know, uh, communication becomes easier, you know, and there's less misunderstandings. Now it's time for our favorite part of the interview, the lasting love round. We'll ask you a series of questions and you'll respond with great information to help set the foundation for a lasting relationship. We love it. Our listeners love it. So, Gal, are you ready to help us build lasting love? (laughs) 
Of course. Thank you. What's one thing couples can do on a daily basis to help improve their relationship? Okay. So I have actually a really good tip for you guys, which I think is, is actually not the common knowledge, but it's really important. Awesome. Okay. So um, there's something important that happens to all of us around moments of transitions. So moments of transitions are moments during the day in which you either come together or you separate. So for example, you know, when the first one, when the first person leaves the house to go to work, when the last person comes into the house, you know, in the evening, before you go to bed or, or when you wake up in the mornings, all of those times are moments of transition in which, uh, in which something changes and you meet each other or you separate. And those moments are actually really important because our connection to our partner is really important to us and it's actually something that creates stability in our life and creates kind of a foundation for us. Then, um, you know, coming back to seeing them, for example, is really important or leaving them is really important. And so if you pay attention to those moments and, and you make sure consciously to connect in those moments, you're actually going to create a much more smooth relationship and much better experience between the two of you. And it's quite simple, but a lot of the time couples miss that. So, for example, when you come home in the evening, can you go immediately to your partner? First of all, you know, give them a hug, give them a kiss, and just smile to each other. Just say, hey, you know, nice to see you. Because sometimes people come in and they're immediately doing something or the other person is busy doing something and they just kind of go into their own space and they don't do it. Or when you leave in the morning, you know, to go to work, you know, the first one to leave, can you take a moment, you know, just a moment and just, again, just kind of create some physical touch, you know, just talk a little bit about your day, you know, and what's going on, what's going to happen to, you know, during your day and just have this moment of connection before you leave. I, Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love it and can definitely see how that can improve anyone's relationship. It's like uh, you're checking in and, and acknowledging the other person. Kind of like sparking a connection every, you know, every time you see them. Exactly. It's like you kind of create this kind of thread of connection throughout your day, you know, because actually, you know, sometimes we don't really feel it, but when we don't have that, you know, this kind of daily check-in, daily connection, we start to feel distant from each other. And then yeah. we get more irritated when we're distant. And so some things, you know, can kind of actually blow out of proportion just because we actually don't feel that connected. It's not because the issue is that important, but I just like somehow, you know, came home and you didn't pay attention to me. I didn't even notice that that bothers me, but it did. Is there a book or resource you can recommend for couples? Sure. Um, there are many resources out there. I mean, one of the things, uh, first of all, on our website, thecouplecenter.org, we have a really um, a big um, relationship advice section, which have a lot of articles, very practical for couples. So that's one thing I would recommend. We keep in improving it, and we keep adding more information over there. The other thing that I recommend, I think one of the, I'm wondering if you already got that recommendation in the past or not, but one of the best uh, books that I know around relationship is called the Hold Me Tight by Dr. Sue Johnson. This is usually a, a book that I recommend to all couples that, that, that they, they come to see me. Great. Well, that book, as well as your website and, and list of your resources, will be on our website at idopodcast.com on your show notes page. Okay, great. We're getting married this year. Is there any advice you would give engaged couples or newlyweds? 
Well, first of all, I really love that you're doing this, that you're actually learning about your relationship through these interviews, you know, as you're getting married. Because actually that's my number one advice, which is, you know, you have to learn something about your relationship. You know, people expect for some reason, you know, that relationships should come easy and that if you love each other, everything should just work, you know, seamlessly and you should live happily ever after. We kind of learn, you know, we, we, we grow up on those myths. But if you look at any other aspect of your life, you usually don't um, think this way. You know, if you look at your career, for example, just think about how many years you spent, you know, studying, if it's high school or college or graduate school or on the job training, mm -hmm. like you're doing so much to make sure that you're, you're good at what you do. And then when it comes to relationship, most couples just, you know, just assume it's going to be fine, you know, and they don't prepare, they don't learn about each other and they don't learn the skills or the secrets of successful relationship. So my biggest advice, I think the one is most important, is to learn about your relationship. To if it's picking up a book, if it's talking to people, or if it's coming, to, you know, to kind of workshops or you know, or or to counseling in order to do that. You know, that's one of the reasons why I created, you know, a premarital workshop also for couples. You know, just really trying to give people the most essential skills in order to make the relationship work. Or listen to I do podcast. <laughs> Exactly. I think that's a good, that's a good, you guys are providing a great resource. I think it's great you're doing it for yourself, and I think it's amazing that you're doing it for others. Thank you. I think that, that's really, really important. Thank you. I'm happy to be here also talking to you guys. And we're ha equally happy, and, and it's, such a, it's such a great thing to be able to learn about our relationship, but then also know that hopefully we're helping a lot of other people. If you could give just one single piece of advice for a successful relationship, what would it be? Mm. It's a great question, you know, because there's so many things I want to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'll say one thing. There's a phrase that I use a lot with, with couples that I think is, is really valuable. If you keep that as a mantra, it, it could really help the, your relationship. And the phrase is, Make your relationship more important than the issue. So I'll say that again. Make your relationship more important than the issue. What happens a lot of the time is that we get, you know, we're, we're kind of, we want something or we need something. And so we kind of get a little selfish. We kind of get caught in like what's important to us or we want to be right about something. And then we lose the sight of the relationship, which means like, you know, is my partner doing well right now? Is this a win-win like we said before? We really kind of like it's good for me and it's good for them. So if you're making your relationship more important than the issue, you make sure that you stay connected. Even if you disagree about something, even if you, you're having trouble with, with, with the other person, you always come back and say, listen, you know, I love you. I care about you. Even if we don't have a you know, solution right now, I just want to, you know, to know, that I, you know that I'm here. And that, that creates kind of like a really good atmosphere between couple. Great. Well, because that's a, such a valuable piece of information, I'm just going to say it one more time, and that's make your relationship more important than the issue. And you, you've just given us some great information, such valuable information for our listeners today. So let's wrap it up by having you tell our listeners where they can find you, and then we'll say goodbye. Sure. Thank you. So the, the biggest source of information is our website, which is thecouplescenter.org. 
And over there, um, you have a, a big section called Relationship Advice in which people can, re- can read articles and see videos on relationship. And they're all very practical and very relevant for couples in different stages of their relationship. And we also have, if people sign up over there to, to our newsletter, you get information around uh, our tips for you know best successful relationship. Like what are the skills, what are the secrets of, of successful relationships? So those are the best um, resources, I think, to kind of stay in touch with us. And if people are looking for more one-on-one help, so the Couple Center has, in San Francisco Bay Area, has has therapists that work all around the Bay Area, from Berkeley to to, um, San Rafael to San Francisco to Palo Alto. So we basically have a network of therapists that all specialize in working with couples. And and we we find it is really important. It's like, you know, if you want to work with someone, work with someone who's this, this is the main expertise. And so if people are looking for that, more help, kind of more individualized help, then we really help, you know, here to help them and they're welcome to contact us. Well, our listeners can find all the information and links of today's episode on idopodcast.com. Go to the podcast tab and you'll be in the archives. And thank you again so much for all your knowledge that you've given our listeners and for taking the time to come on our show today. Thanks for you guys, Sarah and Chase. I really appreciate your work. Are you interested in learning five ways to improve your relationship on a daily basis? How about five tips for engaged couples or newlyweds? This information and more is our free gift to you when you go to idopodcast.com and subscribe to our mailing list. Thank you so much for joining us today on I Do Podcast. Head on over to idopodcast.com for full recaps of every show, relationship resources, tips, and advice. Your path to a successful and lasting relationship awaits you. Are you ready to create lasting love? You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.